Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon. How are you? It's Thursday. It's a brand new month. It's September the 1st, the year 2022. We've got college football on the forefront tonight. We are one week away from the start of the NFL season. And with that, we say good afternoon and hello. The the Backyard Brawl resumes tonight with West Virginia and Pitt. We'll get to see Tennessee hosting Ball State, Oklahoma State, and Central Michigan amongst uh, some of the games going on tonight. And, of course, Saturday we'll, we'll really get it going. The Cajuns in action, McNeese in action, and then we wait till Sunday for the Tigers and the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite as he is in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the right buttons. He on the, he's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles on 1041 FM. We are streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area or near a television set, turn it on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, it's never a good thing when the big news coming out of your NFL franchise is once somebody has been arrested. And that's what happened to safety Marcus May, uh, arrested uh, this morning on accusations, and that's the key word, accusations of aggravated assault with a handgun. May's being held at the Jefferson Parish Correctional Facility in Gretna, where he posted a $30,000 bond. His attorney, Eric Hessler, issued a statement to the NFL Network Marcus vehemently denies the allegation from a motor vehicle incident and looks forward to defending himself when all the facts come out. May supposed to be um, in the starting secondary opposite Teran Matthew signed a three year, twenty eight point five million dollar contract this offseason. Obviously, he was act absent from Saints practice uh, this afternoon. Um, he's posted bail, so he is out and awaiting his opportunity in the court of law. Does she really, really want to retire? Serena Williams may not win the U.S. Open. In fact, it's probably likely she won't. But she's proven one thing through two rounds of this U.S. Open tournament. She beat number two seed Annette Contivate 7-6. 2662 last night. And from that aspect, we know Williams can still play at a very high, high level. For a variety of reasons, Williams hasn't shown that type of level since she made the 2021 Australian Open semifinals, and that was 19 months ago. She's 40 years old. Um, and she's rolling. 
and she's got a chance. Her odds, Vegas, she started off at a very high number. Now it's at 14 to 1. The crowds have been phenomenal, which have urged her on. She's playing more freely. She says, I have nothing to win. I have no pressure. I have nothing to lose. I, I, I'm just playing for the first time since 1998 without a an X marks the spot on my back. Um and at 40 years old, she had the experience and the resolve to come through a third set that rattled her 26-year-old opponent. So uh, she will play with uh, her sister in doubles. And now with Contivate out of the way, Williams will face unseated Ajla Tomjanovic in the third round. After that, there's no other seated player in her way until at least the final eight. So we shall see. Uh, Major League Baseball, as you heard, the Astros won their third straight yesterday afternoon to increase their lead to the, over the Seattle Mariners to 11 and a half games. That's right, 11 and a half games. They've played 131 out of the 162 that they're supposed to play. So still some more baseball to go as we head through to the month of October. Don't look now, but in the American League East, the Tampa Bay Rays, 8-2, their last 10 winners of three in a row. They're only six games behind the New York Yankees in the AL East. And the closest race in baseball is in the AL Central as the Guardians from Cleveland and the Twins from Minnesota are nip and tuck Cleveland with a game and a half lead over Minnesota. In the National League, the Mets and the Braves still continue to pound on. The Mets with a three-game lead over the Braves. DeGrom is back healthy. The Mets look good in the NL Central. My St. Louis Cardinals um, have increased their Stance with a six-game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. And with the best win total in all of baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, if they go 500 the rest of the way, they will set a franchise record for most wins. The Dodgers are 90 up and 39 down. 90 up and 39 down. A 70% winning percentage unheard of in baseball. And they have an 18 and a half game lead over the San Diego Padres. I know we talk about Nick Saban a lot here, but uh, I saw something that I, it just kind of show you the greatness that this man is. The Alabama gets set to open the season Saturday against Utah State. Nick Saban, in his last 100 games, his last 100 games, has a record of 92 wins and only eight losses. And in those 100 games, he has won three national championships, five SEC championships, and compiled a 20-5 and five record against top 10 foes. That is simply incredible. Nick Saban, my Goodness gracious. Today could be a very big day for LSU football because 
could be a commitment coming in in the in the in the day today, um, and that is offensive tackle Zalance Hurd of Neville High. He's expected to announce his school of choice this afternoon. He's the top-rated offensive lineman in Louisiana, the nation's number six offensive tackle per the two four seven Sports composite. Remember, he's a former teammate of current LSU offensive tackle, starting as a freshman, Will Campbell. Um, LSU is battling Florida and Billy Napier, Houston, Nebraska, and Florida State. Hurd will announce his decision to his team first and then make it public on the Neville Tiger Network at around 4 p.m. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. We're three days away from LSU kicking off. We're two days away from the Cajuns, and we're two days away from the Cowboys. With that in mind, we're going to take you behind some enemy lines today. Carter Carrolls will join us to give us the very latest on the Seminoles after their uh, lightning-delayed, rain-induced win over Duquesne. We'll share the thoughts on where the Seminoles stand. Robbie Rhodes is the color commentator for the Southeastern Louisiana University Lions. He will join us at around 2.30 this afternoon. And our number two, Chris Rose for glue, the latest on the Saints, this Marcus May situation. How, how is the Saints' uh, health as they get back to practicing and doing things, uh, some self-scouting of themselves? Next week, they'll get into the game plan for their season opener on September the 11th against the Atlanta Falcons. Frank Schwab will join us. Um, the news out of the NFL is that the Denver Broncos have made a uh, significant deal with uh, Russell Wilson, a $245 million deal. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa voted captain for the first time of his NFL career. So we'll share all thoughts on that with Frank Schwab. And then with football tonight and football this weekend, of course, we always call it hump day with Huguenin. But today we move it back to Thursday because the Astros took our place yesterday. Mike Huguenin of On3.com will give his picks for week one of the college football season. And we've got some, we've got some dandies. Yes, we do. A lot of games tonight. How about Louisiana Tech and Missouri? Yeah, it's all coming your way. And with that in mind, um, the wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. So get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Bonus issued as is free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only. Deposit wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. 
Behind Enemy Lines, we'll take you to the Seminoles when we return. The Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And we welcome you back. Let's go behind enemy line Sunday night, 630 Caesars Superdome, the home away from home in the dome for the LSU Tigers as they take on the Florida State Seminoles. Carter Krells got kind enough to join us, the Florida State beat writer for at TD online and at Noel Sports Carter. Boy, it's great to have you back on again. We did this kind of early on in in fall camp times, and now here we are, game week. How have you been, sir? Oh, doing well. I'm so excited. Almost here. I'll leave for New Orleans uh, on Saturday. So I can't wait for it to get started and think it's going to be an awesome game. All right. So what did you learn about this Seminole team of uh, uh, after lightning and rain and all that? What was your synopsis of what you saw in their week zero win over Duquesne? Yeah, you know, it's 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 hard to take a ton of tangible things away from okay. a week zero game, especially against an FCS opponent. But I, I think there were a couple things you could kind of look at and say, oh, okay, this, this might be a sign of things to come. I mean, 406 rushing yards, three 100-yard rushers. Um, it's the first time that Florida State's ever had three 100-yard rushers in a single game. And they've played a lot of bad teams in their history. So uh, definitely an impressive feat. And uh, the running backs certainly looked their part, not just in that game, but before it, uh, I thought, you know, Lawrence Toafili, Trey Sean Ward, and Trey Benson are all three guys that are going to be, you know, significant players for this team this year. Um, at the same time, though, still a little bit concerned with the offensive line. Uh, they, they had some injuries in, in preseason camp. They were actually on their fourth team center at one point uh, in the Duquesne game, and not and that was before it, it became a blowout. So um, I think there may be optimism that Marie Smith, their starter, could come back this week. We'll, we'll have to see, but um, that'll be something to look at. And on the defensive side of the ball, they played pretty well, uh, as you would expect. But um, definitely uh, curious to see how these corners will match up against a uh, really unbelievable wide receiving core that, uh, that LSU has. So, I think those are a couple matchups to watch out for. Okay. All right. Makes perfect sense. You've, you've seen this team before. Are you confident that they are that they are heading in the right direction? It's been a couple of lean years. Uh, this is the third season for Coach Norvell. Do you feel like they are moving in the right direction and, and, and that uh, this will be a, a far more better year for them? I do think they're headed into a, a, a much better direction. Um, and, you know, you, you, you just have to look at where this program was at when Mike Norvell inherited it in 2020. And I think he was kind of um, give, given sort of a mulligan his first two years. You know, he inherited with COVID, inherited right. just a, a bad roster, a bad culture. He really needed to change. And I think the thing that Florida State has done almost as, as good as anybody is um, – hit the transfer portal and evaluate really well. I mean, they've, they've gotten 10-plus transfers in three straight uh, off-seasons and not a lot of bad players from those groups and, and a lot of great players. I mean, you think of Jermaine Johnson, 
last year. You think of uh, Jamie Robinson, the, the first-team All-AC safety, who will, who will certainly be a player to watch in this game. Uh, they've gotten a lot of those uh, really good players in the transfer portal, and you've seen the culture kind of come along with that. They've, they've you know, definitely been um, not, not as uh, chaotic, and so um, they're, they're still building up the, the roster. I mean, the offensive line, it's better, but you know, it couldn't have been worse when, when they yeah. inherited the roster. So, like, there, there's still a lot of room to grow. My prediction for this season was that they'd win seven games. You look at the last two seasons, it was three, then it was five. So kind of that two-win incremental growth, I think, is what they're going to have this season. And, you know, is, is that what Florida State fans want in the long run? No, but no. I think in the like right now in the short term, considering what they've had to go through, and considering the fact that it would be their first winning season, uh, you know, in, in more yeah. than five years, uh, yeah. certainly uh, something that the Florida State fans would 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 like. Well, Carter, the uh, All State Louisiana kickoff is a complete sellout for this Sunday's game, so that's always good. You know, the interest is is there for sure. Uh, you mentioned the the running game. Talk about your quarterback a little bit, and how did you think he played against Duquesne? I know the elements were there. I know the fact that they were running the ball effectively. Maybe he didn't put up the kind of numbers that he's capable of, but from a leadership role, uh, running the offense, how did he do in your book? Yeah, I think he did just as well as as you could have hoped for if you're a Florida State fan. Um, I think it was 11 or 15, 207 yards, ran for a touchdown, pretty accurate, pretty confident. You know, there's a few plays in there where maybe uh, he stayed, you know, he held on to the ball a little bit too long. But um, just watching him practice in the spring and then the preseason camp, definitely saw a, a, a better player. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the improvements that Florida State has, has made at receiver. Uh, this has truly been one of the worst wide receiving groups in the Power Five the last couple of years. Uh, pretty crazy stat. that They, they yeah. haven't had a 400-yard receiver in each of the last two seasons. They've all been wow. under 400, which, I mean, that, that's just unheard of. And you can't have that at a place like Florida State. Well, this year, they've got a few guys that I believe are more than capable of that. Johnny Wilson, a transfer out of Arizona State. Micah Pittman, transfer out of Oregon. You probably know his older brother, Michael Pittman Jr., on the uh, right. Indianapolis right. Colts. And, uh, yeah. and then Malik McClain is a, a former four-star recruit. He's, you know, he was a true freshman last year, so he's kind of just getting started. and seemed to take a, a little bit of a step forward this offseason, so... They've got a few better options, and because of that, you're seeing Jordan Travis be more of a confident quarterback who will you know, take more shots down the field. Um, he's not afraid to, to fit balls in uh, you know, tight windows, and he's not you know, abandoning plays and using his legs as much as maybe he would have used to. I think there's a lot of times where you know, he'd quickly abandon a play and it, and it wouldn't be the right decision, but now he's, he's making the better decisions when it comes to stay in the pocket and, and okay. you know, reading through his pr- progressions. It's strength versus strength, right? It's LSU's defensive front against that um, that offensive line that nobody's really sold on. And on the flip side, yeah. um, LSU's offensive line putting a whole bunch of pieces together. We don't know re- – we still don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be, although Brian Kelly does. Um, and that goes against the, uh, the Florida State 
front four. LSU's got great receivers. Can that defensive front, do you feel confident in them applying pressure uh, to whoever is the quarterback for LSU? Well, I I think uh, there was a lot of attention given to the fact that they only had one sack against Duquesne. And I think it was something that you had to take with a grain of salt because they only had 17 attempted passes for the game. And they really had this game plan where they were getting the ball out of their hands quick. But uh, Jared Verse is a defensive end to watch. He, he had that one sack. He's a transfer from the University at Albany. He was the number two defensive end in the transfer portal, according to 247 Sports. Mm-hmm. And he had the most high, highest-rated game for pro football focus, a higher-rated grade than Jermaine Johnson did in any game last season hmm. and Jermaine Johnson's a pretty dang good player now again we're talking about Duquesne can't right. take much away but but before the season the guy that I predicted to have the most sacks on this team is Jared Verse and I think if there's one player who will disrupt this line it will be it'll, it'll be Jared Verse now hmm. it looks different when Jaden Daniels is at quarterback because that's someone who can, you know, be a little bit more mobile and, and, right. and is, is a more prolific runner than, than Nussmeyer. But um, the thing about Verse, the thing that makes him special is he, he is just lightning fast. He is a very, very fast defensive end. Um, still has a lot of work to do as far as uh, you know, technique and defending the run. But if he has to chase Jaden Daniels down, He's capable of doing it. He's chased Jordan Travis down in practice, and, and he's one of the, the, the fastest guys on the team. Uh, and uh, and, he, and he chased down Sean Tucker at Syracuse last year. So, I mean, this is a guy who's really fast, and I think that will be the guy to watch. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think Florida State's defensive line can have an advantage, but uh, I think I think LSU's defensive line will have more of the advantage. If that makes sense. All right, let's let's get to the let's cut to the chase. You you cover the Seminoles. You um you see them now. They play LSU. Who you got and what's the score? Ooh, score prediction, man. I haven't predict. I haven't come come with a score yet. So I've got to really come up with it on the fly. I do have LSU winning. Okay. Um, I don't think it'll be super high scoring, but I don't think it'll be super low scoring. Probably in the the twenties. So um, I'm going to go with um, thirty-one to twenty-three. That'll be my 23 prediction. Tigers. All right, we will see. Carter, safe travels uh, west, um, and uh, enjoy the drive. Enjoy the Big Easy, and thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. You betcha. I really appreciate you having me on. All right, buddy. That's uh, the Florida State Seminole look. We'll take a time out here. When we come back, we'll take you to Hammond as the Lions prepare to head west as well. This time to Lafayette and Cajun Field. Robbie Rhodes, the radio color commentator for the Lions, joins us here on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. 
back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we continue on this Thursday edition, September the 1st, as we approach Saturday and the openers for the Raging Cajuns and the Southeastern Lions as they turn to the next cycle with Cole Kelly, their legendary quarterback graduating. Now they turn to Cephas Johnson III with all the lowdown on the Lions. The color analyst on the Lions radio network, kind enough to join us yet again. It's been a while, but we welcome back Robbie Rhodes. Robbie, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Hey, Jordy. Good to be with you, man. How are you doing? I am terrific. Are you excited about heading west to the Cajun, to Cajun Field? Yeah, absolutely. It's always a great uh, a great game. Um, you know, I was thinking back, uh, we, we came here in 2017 for the opener, and that seems yeah. like just yesterday. So, um, you know, it's always a great opportunity. Um, you know, if you go back to, to 2017, it's been a string of, of years in a row where Southeastern has been able to, you know, um, to get in these FBS games against um, against in-state teams. Obviously, you know, last year was Louisiana Tech, you know, UL Monroe in 2018, Lafayette in 17, Lafayette again this year, LSU in 18. So mm-hmm. um, they're, they're really cool to have those opportunities to, to, to play these games and, and to just, uh, you know, celebrate the state of Louisiana and, and all their great college football programs. All right, so you got a new quarterback. Tell me about Cephas. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see him. You know, it's um, you know he's a guy that you know um, that southeastern fans will, will will have some familiarity with. You know, he's an athlete transferred to southeastern um, for the 2020 season from South Alabama. Had played quarterback over there and um, came to came to Hammond. Sat behind Cole, but he's. He's got a lot of tools physically. You know, he's 6'5", 235 pounds. He looks the part. Wow. And he's got a lot of speed. And, you know, with Cole here, you know, um, I remember the first game, you know, when Cole was going to be the starter, you know, I was told, like, okay, yeah, we're going to see both quarterbacks. And I said, oh, wow, that they hadn't settled on one. You know, I thought Cole was kind of the guy. This is back a couple years ago. They said, no, 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 they're going to find a way to get Stevens on the field, whether it be wide receiver, they'll have running at running back. They just want to get the ball in his hands. And sure enough, they did. And, um that was kind of taken out of the offense in the last six, seven games back in 2021 because he had a little small injury and they didn't mm-hmm. want to risk having their backup quarterback out there, you know, running a lot of uh, wide receiver stuff and stuff like that. So he's he's gotten a lot of opportunities at different positions to play. Um, he's had some mop-up roles last year. Central Connecticut State up there in Connecticut. The Lions got a big early and, and Cole kind of sat most of the second half and, and Cephas kind of took the – the rest of that half, and he showed some signs. He's got a great arm, incredible speed, you know, probably not as uh, accurate and consistent of a thrower as Cole was because Cole was just a different level and just a special QB with that stuff in mind. But uh, but Cephas adds another element. He, 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 you know, he'll just all of a sudden, you know, one play where he'll just take off and be able to get, you know, 20 yards with his legs uh-huh. like nothing. And um, that's a different element than we saw the last couple years Really going back to Chase and Virgil, who started before Cole, they were just pocket passers who, you know, sat in the pocket and ran, right. you know, when the opportunity really arose. 
These have been some uh, very close meetings. You mentioned 2017, the last time these two met. Uh, do you think the fans would go for a 51 to 48 game? The Cajuns <laughs> won by three um, in that one. It's yeah. been cl- UL leads at 19, 17, and three. Um, yeah. You you lead in in Hammond eight seven to one, and in Lafayette, the Cajuns right. have 12 wins, nine losses, two ties. So, how exciting was right. that 17 game? You know, it was, a, it was a great game. And you say it was a three-point win. That's exactly what it was. But, you know, the Lions scored a touchdown with, like, six seconds left. And they tried – and, you know, Ron Roberts was the head coach at that time, right. who's now the defense coordinator at Baylor for Dave Aranda. And he right. said, hey, we're going to go for two and try to win this thing in regulation. And they went for two, and it was actually uh, intercepted and, and in the end zone, and the Cajuns took it back for the two points on the conversion. <laughs> so it was right there at the end. You know, anything could have happened on that last play. And – you know, the Raging Cages made a play to win that game at that moment. And, um, you know, it was an exciting game. And uh, I remember it, I, I was shocked in terms of the points scored, you know, because it's, it's the first game. You just don't know what yeah. your offense was going to be that year. And I'm sure UL was in the same ball game there, kind of wondering what they were going to be. And it was just electric with points. Uh, there were some special team scores by each team and, and, and kickoff returns and punt returns. And then just a ton of offense that night. So, Listen, if it's like that again, that was a great game to watch. I mean, uh, you obviously want to win if you're a line fan and, and you're making the trip over there. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you play an FBS opponent like what UL Lafayette's program has gotten to over the last handful of years at the status and level it is in the Sun Belt Conference and nationally in, in kind of non-Power 5 football, uh, you know, it, you want to win, like I mentioned. But if that's if, if the three-point loss is your outcome, you know, the fans, I think, will walk away with their head held high and uh, and then feeling really good about what the season has to come. Robbie Rhodes, the color commentator on uh, the Southeastern Louisiana Lions radio network. Frank Selfo, this is his fifth year. He's 25 and 19 overall. I know Frank. I think he's done a tremendous job. What's the feeling in Hammond yeah. about what Frank has done? Yeah, listen, Frank is, is, is a guy that um, – you know, especially when he talks to us, you know, and, and I've just developed a great relationship with him over the years. You know, you know, Frank's going to leave it on the table. You know, he's going to tell you what he's yeah. thinking and how he feels. He's a real honest guy. He's down to earth. And, um, you know, he, he's just – he's had more – you know, I've been doing this. This is my 16th year, Jordy, doing this and been through, you know, a few coaches. And um, all the coaches had community involvement, but Frank takes it to a different level. You know, he's just invested in this community – coming here and living, and, um, you know, he was able to hire his son, Anthony, on the staff, and so his his wife and Anthony live here, obviously, with their grandchildren. So he's just really – he's a community guy, and he's brought success on the field, and so it's kind of been a perfect storm. But, you know, people really like Frank. They, they like what he's brought here, um, you know, on the field and off the field since he's been here That's since awesome. 2018. But the Cajun fans that are going to know, everybody looks at the quarterback, and we talked about Cephas Johnson the third. Right. Give me some other names of some players that um, that you're counting on to step up, particularly offensively for Coach Selfo's club. Yeah, you know this. You know this doesn't really get all the uh, the hype, but um, you know they're players on the roster just like you know anybody else. But I think the. Uh, this this line offensive line is is going to okay. be exciting to watch. You know they're you know look uh, they they had a, a a starting center for the last three years, Drew Jones. He graduated last fall. 
they 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 thought the world of him. He was a great player for Southeastern at the uh, at the center position. Well, he's moved on and graduated, and and uh, Don Sir Pigley has taken over, and they think the world of him and maybe more. They just this team, this coaching staff, I guess is is what I'm trying to say, loves this offensive line, and and they are going to to really be exciting to watch. I think, and I think they want to. Look, this is an FBS game. We, we play this all the time. We know how it is. We can talk about FBS for FBS first. FCS games, but mm-hmm. this staff wants to see, and they feel like this offensive line can control themselves at the line of scrimmage, and and really, you know, at some points, uh, you know, control the game at the line of scrimmage with this offensive line. I guess a skill guy that I'm excited to see is uh, is Jamon McClendon. You know, he's a transfer from UCLA, San Diego, California. Played last year. He's a big body running back. He's six one, two thirty five. Uh, but he's got he's got some pretty good speed. He got on campus before the season last summer in 2021. Um, he had a little small injury that, that sidelined him for the first couple games. Came on, obviously being out in the camp, he was kind of behind. So it took him a couple games to call, catch on. He made his kind of debut at, at McNeese last year in mid October and uh, early October, I guess it was, and really showed flashes and played really good for four or five games. And then he suffered an ankle injury and he was never the same the rest of the year. He's a guy that I think this coaching staff in the running game is going to rely on this year, and they feel like he's a guy that is going to uh, take that take that ball and say, "Hey, I'm I'm the guy." They have a number of running backs that they'll play as a lot of college football teams do, but they really feel uh, that he's going to be a guy who's going to step up and have a big season. So, uh, with that offensive line and him, I'm excited to see uh, you know what what, uh, what what he can do. And lastly, I think you know. A guy that no one's talking about, but on the team, this is his senior year. Terrell Carter is a wide receiver, uh, had flashes over the last couple seasons. Uh, they really like what he's done in camp and even going back to spring, and I think they think he could make a splash and just be somebody that pops up out of nowhere and has a really good year in 2022. Robbie Rhodes with us to your point. The offensive line, the shortest guy is six one. They all are 300 pounds or more. I don't know if the Lions have ever had that big of an offensive line, uh, but they're big. No. Uh, and they're they, they're going to try and ground it out a little bit, I would believe. And then you got that uh, elusive quarterback, six five two twenty. Holy cow, that's yeah. a big dude. Yeah. Um, what do you think it's going to take in in about thirty seconds? What, what's it going to take for the Lions to lion up on Saturday? Yeah, look, um, the you know one thing Coach Shelfo has done since he got here in twenty eighteen is he has played these FBS games really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't gotten a win yet, but, you know, lost by three at UL Monroe in his first game in 2018. You know, he uh, he, he, he lost LSU that year 31 to nothing, which that sounds pretty lopsided. It was, but, I mean, we, when you play those power five, games, power five games, anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, you talk about Ole Miss playing them within eight points in 2019. You talk about... Uh, last year, losing to Louisiana Tech by three, they've been close. So he's going to follow that recipe, I think. And and this year, I think they're going to rely more on their defense than they have um, not only in this game but all season than they have over the, over his time here. Uh, they really like them, and I think that they're going to really try to control the clock and do what they can with the running game to keep UL off the field in that explosive offense and just try to take their opportunities and make the most of them. And that's what they're going to need to do. Uh, if they want any shot, and it's like I said, what what it's what they've been able to do in those games in previous years, where they've been in you know close competition with these FBS opponents they faced early on in the season. You're the best. Uh, I greatly appreciate it, man. That it's no here problem. at six o'clock at Cajun Field. Uh, Robbie Rhodes is 16th, or is this your 16th year, or going into your 17th be, year? 
Yeah, this would be going into my 17th year, believe Ooh. it or not. So. You've, you've seen <laughs> a, a bunch, man. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. You have a yep. great Labor Day holiday and enjoy the ball game. Same to you. Absolutely. Right, Good talk to you as always, man. Robbie Rhodes. All right, Robbie Rhodes with the Lions. Uh, the wait is almost over. New football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game you get paid instantly even if your team loses so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code 1037 game and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game that's code 1037 game only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 20 or older physically present in Louisiana select parishes only bonuses issued as free bets one early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only deposit and wagering restrictions apply Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. We'll take a timeout. Back with more here on the Jordy Helfrich Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Tigers and the Astros in southwest Louisiana. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back 48 minutes after the hour. Um, News in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers are trading three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps to the Utah Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. More on that to come. But we go to our good, good friend who is the director of marketing and does a great job for the Louisiana Lottery, and that is Miss Kimberly Chopin. Kimberly! It's Saints season. That means it's time for the lottery and the Saints to do their thing. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. It's good to be here, and you better believe it. We are geared up. This is like our 14th um, annual partnership with the New Orleans Saints. It's been going on for a while. Well, it's been launched again, so let's go through the litany of you, you enter, you play, and you got all kind of chances to win all kind of great things. That, absolutely, we've got something new this year, too. So, you know, we always do a scratch-off game. We started off with just doing a $5 scratch-off. I know you now, as of last right. year, we're actually doing a 5 and a 2. So we've got a $5 game called New Orleans Saints. It's even got, like, the New Orleans skyline on it. The Saints logo looks really nice. And then we have a $2 scratch-off game called Saints Game Day. Um, okay. That one's got three different scenes as well. Um, but this year, we did something new. So, you know, we, you we launched um, last summer uh, an instant win terminal game. Kind of like a scratch-off, except you don't have to scratch it. You find out instantly if you've won, and they're called fast-play games. Okay. Well, we launched a bunch of new games um, just a few weeks ago, and one of those games is a $5 Saints fast-play game where you can win up to $25,000. So now we have wow. three different Saints games, and the wow. great thing about it is they're all eligible to send in for those second-chance drawings. Uh, you just send best. in $10 worth of non-winning in any combination from any of those games. Um, to our special second chance drawing address. And then just like we've done in years past, 
you have the chance to win some pretty cool game day experiences. My favorite is actually being able to um, be on the field, not on the sidelines, mm-hmm. on the field as the Saints come marching in prior to a fantastic home game. So, Get your head on a cool swivel, stuff. Kim, because those guys are big. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh, that's so true. The first time I got to experience that, you just have no idea until you're standing there, and then you feel like, you know, Gulliver's travel. I'm telling you, you really do. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think the Saints are going to surprise the so-called experts. I think they're going to have a terrific year. So you got three Saints games, but you also have a Powerball promotion that's going on now as well, and we all love that Powerball. Absolutely, and this one's been going on for a good bit, but people still have a chance to enter um, until September 12th. Uh, This one is our Powerball uh, first millionaire of the year. So if you buy a um, five-board Powerball ticket, um, good for any single drawing from now until September 10th, and you don't happen to win uh, a cash prize on it, simply fill out the back of it with your name, address, phone number, send it into the special drawing address, and you have the chance to be selected as Powerball's first millionaire of the year. We're actually going to send one lucky Louisianian uh, who wow. plays Powerball, to wow. New York City uh, to be live on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve where they're going wow. to pick Powerball's first millionaire of the year. It's going to be re- a really exciting stuff. <laughs> that is pretty darn cool. You know the one thing I've never understood? Somebody wins the Powerball and they wait and they wait and they wait. Kim, if I won that thing, I would, I'd be faster than Usain Bolt running to your offices <laughs> to, to You'd say, be waiting at the doorstep for us to unlock the door, I'd right? I'd be there before you <laughs> open. That's crazy. I don't get it. It is. You know what I think some of it is, and we do recommend this, is some people have to get their financial house in order, right? Like, how am I going to claim the prize? Do I need to do a legal entity to claim the prize? Should I claim okay. it with a group of people? Should I talk to a, you know, a CPA? You know, all those kinds of things. And those are those are good things to do, That's you know, sure. when you're looking at, yeah. you know, a couple hundred yeah. million dollars. I'm Not sorry, I couldn't do it. Do every day. I couldn't do it. <laughs> just still take do. The taxes out. And give me the <laughs> give me the lump sum after taxes. Just give it to me, and I'll figure out after that. Give it to me. Give it to me now. <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So, again, in in um, in conclusion here, Saints. There's instant win. There's scratch offs. There's second chance opportunities. It just uh, and again. Proceeds go to public education in our state, and that's so vital, so important. It is. In fact, last year, we just ended our fiscal year at the end of June. We contributed over $191 million to the state of Louisiana for K-12 public education. It was actually our second best year ever. So doing really good toward that end, really are, even though we understand, you know, these are some hard economic times and people don't have as much money for, you know, discretionary yeah. Um, purchases and that type of thing. And we've, we've felt that on our end for sure. But yeah. at least, you know, you know, so much of that money goes right back to that's the state awesome. for education. Goes back to the kids, the future, and with COVID, to get those kind of numbers, that's remarkable. So I commend you uh, for that. And uh, so how do you think about the uh, football's upon us? You're a football fan. Are you excited? I am excited. I just want the weather to kind of cool off to remind uh, me that football season's almost here. I mean, seriously, uh, it's like well, 90 degrees. That's not going to happen for a while. I just want the rain to stop. New Orleans Saints, you know. yeah, well, thank God the Saints play in the dome, but everybody else, I mean, it's just it is. <laughs> yeah. what, I just want the rain to stop. Brutal. 
Hey, it's brutal. Uh, but, you know, you get to wear short, short, you know, cute outfits. So that's what there it's all go. about. There you go. You <laughs> go. Stop complaining, Kimberly, right? <laughs> uh, you are the best. Thank you. Keep us up to speed when you get new things going on, because y'all always have new stuff going on. But as I always say, if you don't play, they can't pay. So play. That's right. that's right. All right, Kimberly. Thank you. Happy, happy Labor Day holiday to you. Thank you so much, Jordy. Same to you. You take care. All right. You take care. Kimberly Chopin with the Louisiana Lottery. They've got all kinds of new stuff. They've got Saints games, Saints tickets, uh, and uh, fast play games, one of which is the, the Saints. They've got the Powerball promotion going on, become the first bi- millionaire, all kinds of stuff going on, and uh, and we appreciate her time as well. So we took you behind enemy lines in our number one with the Seminoles and the Southeastern Lions. We'll get the latest from the New Orleans Saints as we kick off our number two with Chris Roseverglue. Frank Schwab will give us the very latest from the NFL. And then Michael Huguenin will give us the picks, the Tigers, the Cajuns, the Cowboys, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Does anybody think that's going to be close? I <laughs> Anyway, and some other games as well. So college football is upon us. And again, if you're just joining us, uh, the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired jazz star Donovan Mitchell for three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. So there you go. And Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos have agreed to a $245 million deal. If you're going to be a football player, man, be a quarterback. It pays to play. All right. Hour number two straight ahead. The Jordy Helper Show here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, and we're simulcast in the Acadiana area on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Football's here. Big hour number two straight ahead. We'll be right back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go as we flip the calendar to September, September 1st, 2022. We are one week away from the start of the NFL season. How about the Bills versus the Rams for a Thursday night opener? How about that one? We've got college football tonight and throughout the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. They let the college kids do their thing, and then the NFL comes in the other uh, news of the day the cleveland cavaliers have acquired utah jazz star donovan mitchell in a trade uh danny ainge remember is the guy running the ship for the jazz now and he's doing in utah exactly what he did back in the day when he was running the boston celtics he's acquiring picks the jazz are receiving laurie markinen Pretty good player. Okay, Abaji, Colin Sexton, the former Alabama point guard, three unprotected first-round picks, and two picks, um, 
pick swaps in the trade. Sixton's going to sign a four-year, $72 million fully guaranteed deal as part of the sign-and-trade agreement with Utah. Enough of that. The Saints are, are practicing. They're getting ready for their season opener on September the 11th um, against the Atlanta Falcons. Chris Rosevoglu is our Saints expert as um, he covers the Saints for The Spun and SI Now, Saints podcaster for Boot Crew Media, and he joins us now. Chris, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. So it's never good when you have to lead off with uh, police blotter news, but what have you learned from the Marcus May situation? Yeah, so obviously that's not what anyone wants to hear, particularly after the Saints trade away a versatile defensive back in Gardner Johnson. Yeah. And we spent this whole summer talking about how the secondary is the strength of this team, arguably their deepest position group. And while, you know, this news doesn't necessarily affect May's status for week one or the rest of the season necessarily because things like this take a while to play out and his attorney has already, you know, come out and denied these allegations. It's not great. What I did find interesting, though, is the fact that this, you know, incident that kind of stems from a road rage situation, allegedly, right. uh, started on August 29th. So it is possible that maybe the Saints knew this before the Garner-Johnson trade was even made, and if so, maybe that makes people sleep a little bit better at night when they start thinking about this secondary heading into week one. But um, it is concerning, and it kind of just hammers across the point that, you know, a lot of us made when the Garner-Johnson trade happened. A lot of guys are going to have to step up, and if May misses time, and, and this is a player who already is dealing um, with, you know, a court situation relative to a DUI from last year, then, you know, whether it's Bradley Roby, whether it is P.J. Williams, Daniel Sorensen, Justin Evans, guys have to step up, period, uh, and this kind of hammers that point across. Marcus May is accused of pointing a gun at a car that had teens inside of it. So there's your aggravated assault. So we'll see. The court of law will will take it from here. Uh, you mentioned C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Take your heart out of the matter. Um, your thoughts on that trade? You know, when the trade happens at first, you're like, wow, you, know, you didn't really see it coming. And I, I told people, I never thought that Gardner-Johnson um, – was going to get a long-term extension done with the Saints this year, and I didn't even know if it happened next year. I thought maybe he'd kind of walk, like we've seen like Marcus Williams or Trey Hendrickson, whatever. They've, they've let really good players go before because they, they put out their price. They don't really go over that price, and that's fine. That's how a lot of these businesses and teams operate. But, you know, the return on it was shocking to me how low it was, just a fifth-round mm-hmm. pick and a sixth-round pick for a player who is one of the top five slot cornerbacks in the game at a young age and, he can offer so much more, and maybe he will now to the Eagles that he'll play safety in more of a full-time role. But, you know, for me, it comes down to how bad were things behind the scenes. And if they were that bad, I would understand why the Saints did make this trade. And if they weren't that bad, then my question is, wouldn't you rather just have Garner Johnson for a whole year and get a comp pick when he leaves the free agency compared to getting rid of him for this season so late in the ball game and only getting a fifth and sixth round pick right? That being said, you got to kind of just trust Dennis Allen's judgment here, give him a fair shake going into year one. And this is a defensive coach who knows Garner Johnson very well, has been around him since the day the Saints drafted him. Uh, and the Saints have done a good job of preparing for the future while also staying, you know, in the present with getting Justin Evans, getting Roby, uh, making sure they draft Alante Taylor. So maybe this move, the writing was on the wall. I just didn't think it was going to happen so soon. 
I'm with you. Uh, Chris Rose for Glue with us. Uh, it's all about health, and the Saints have some players that, you know, uh, what's the status of James Hurst? What's what's really going on with Michael Thomas? How's Trevor Penning? Uh, well, what's going on with them? So kind of give me the, uh, the MASH report, please. Yeah, I mean, you know, as always, health is going to be a big factor. We saw with the Saints last year. I'll help really just hurt this team. But um, on the Michael Thomas front, although he didn't practice today, the good news came out from Jeff Duncan saying that he believes he'll be ready for week one. And that's something that a lot of people have been saying. There should be a ramp-up period fairly soon for Michael Thomas because it was considered just a, a, a minor hamstring injury. And his uncle, Keyshawn Johnson, actually said this a day or two ago, uh, on ESPN, it kind of flew under the radar, but he claimed that it was just very minor and, you know, it's a situation that Michael Thomas just had to get rubbed out and he was just getting used to going full speed again. So I would say, although he didn't practice, people should be fairly optimistic that Michael Thomas will be fine. As for other news, Paulson Debo is still out with the ankle injury. There's no real indication of how serious this is. Um, obviously, if this goes into next week, people should start worrying about whether or not he's ready for week one, so we'll know more there. Uh, the offensive tackle situation, James Hurst claims he's 100%. That's what he told everyone today, and, and hopefully okay. that is true because they're going to need him to start at left tackle, especially with Trevor Penning out. But, uh, yeah, I would say good news on Hurst, not so great news on Ejibo because we haven't gotten any news yet. Uh, and uh-huh. as for Trevor Penning, it doesn't seem like the door has been shut on this season, which is encouraging. You know, I've heard some people say maybe late November, maybe December, so um, obviously not great to miss him for so much time. Right. But, the fact that there is a chance to come back, that, that's encouraging for the Saints. Uh, Chris Rose, our glue with us. The Saints have, uh, it seems like to me, a pretty good mix of some veterans and some young players on their practice squad, including some some insurance at the linebacker position. There's a reason why they kept Chase Hansen and Nephi Sewell and Eric Wilson, right? I mean, that's a position that uh, they may have to call some of those guys up sooner than later. Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I was thinking when they put together the 53-man roster, I thought that Wilson was going to be a shoe-in to make it. And when they cut him, I was a little bit surprised. But then it kind of slipped my mind that teams do this all the time with veteran players where they'll cut them as simply a practicality and they're back the very next day. We just saw that uh, with Dwayne Washington at running back. So I think Wilson, you know, this is a guy that's two seasons removed from being a, a triple-digit tackler in the NFL. And he did have some moments in the preseason where he was getting picked on a little bit, whether it was pass coverage, but I still think this is a veteran guy who's a sure tackler that the Saints can use and elevate him to the main roster on game day. And as for guys like Sewell and, and Hanson, they might have their shot as well. I think Sewell might be the most developmental prospect out of the three, and this is a player who the Saints really wanted to keep, so they're glad to have him on the practice squad. But it would not surprise me if Hanson or, or Wilson were called up on game days, especially, especially Wilson. I think that he's going to... Uh, get a chance to at least get some playing time, uh, I would say sooner rather than later. But the practice squad as a whole, I mean, the only move that really surprised me was Ian Book getting claimed by the Eagles. But other than that, they did a good job of keeping a lot of the veterans and also keeping some you know receivers that are young, talented guys like the Jean Dixon and Kirk Merritt. So it's a unit that Saints fans, if they have to call them up, they should feel pretty good about it. I'm with you. I, I thought a guy like Taco Charlton would get picked up. I didn't think Ian Book would, but um, not only do the Eagles get C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but now they have Ian Book. Does that does that mean the Saints are going to be looking for a quarterback to put on this practice squad before uh, you know sooner rather than later, or are they going to stand pat where they are? You know, I think at this point, if you're the Saints, you're probably standing pat. I think they would bring back Ian Book had he did clear and you. Keep him on your waivers, and if he clears waivers, you put him on the practice squad as kind of your 
very big emergency quarterback. Like you need a lot to go wrong for him to go in. Yeah. And I think it also kind of speaks volumes about the Saints and, and where they feel with him in the sense that if you know Jameis went down and Andy Dalton somehow went down, Taysom Hill's probably the guy who would be getting the quarterback reps if they had a mm-hmm. full week to prepare for a game, not Ian Book. So uh, you know, it's also important to remember that this is a guy that Sean Payton liked coming out of college. Maybe it's their way of saying, okay, we're not as invested in Ian Book as people may have thought, and, and that's okay. I mean, he had two years in the system. The preseason, he didn't really show enough improvement that we would have liked to see. So uh, I think for them, had he made it, sure, you keep him on the practice squad because you don't expect all 15 players on your practice squad to ever get used over the course of the season. Right. So why not right. use one of those 15 spots on an emergency quarterback? But for New Orleans, I think as things currently stand, there really isn't a quarterback on the market that you would seek out to put on your practice squad. So okay. I think they're okay with their two that they have now, and then Taysom Hill kind of being that emergency player for them. Once again, of all the picks that the Saints did, all their acquisitions in the offseason, the Andy Dalton one may be the most important. I mean, when you look at it, when you really think about it, he might be the most important acquisition the Saints made. No, I, you know, we've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, you know, specifically when Jameis missed time with the foot injury and Andy Dalton just kept things rolling in training camp. And I think you look back at last year's team and, you know, when Jameis went down, it's okay. Is it Simeon? Is it Taysom Hill? Who's going on? Now, you know, in the very unfortunate event that Jameis were to go down, I think the Saints would be like, okay, I think that Andy Dalton could steer the ship and keep us afloat. And they shouldn't have any doubts about that, especially with great receivers around him. So, it is a really good, valuable asset to have in the locker room, not, being, not only as an insurance policy, but what he's doing behind the scenes, working with guys yeah. late, working with Jameis Winston. He was a big part in helping Ian Book, uh, you know, getting ready for preseason games, trying to see what the defenses are giving him out there. So, yeah, Andy Dalton's one of those moves that you don't really talk about it until you need your backup. Uh, but, man, it's nice to know that the Saints do have a really, really good insurance policy. And, the last year was an anomaly. It's very rare that you lose two, three quarterbacks in a single season. It doesn't really happen right. often. Hopefully not. Chris Roseverglue, uh with Boot Crew Media, Media and m- many other things. Um, one last one. We'll let you get out of here. Were, were there any any surprises on that final fifty-three man roster? Did you, did you kind of get get predicted accurately, or did you think, oh, I thought this guy was going to make it, but he didn't? You know, actually, for me, one of the big surprises was not more so who didn't make it. There was one who did, and, and that doesn't mean it's a knock on the player. I was just surprised that the Saints valued his production on a, a, a particular thing so much, and that was Zach Bond um, and what he brings to special teams. Because I think at this point in Zach Bond's career with the Saints, the windows kind of closed for him to become an impact linebacker on mm-hmm. defense. They tried him, you know, moving around. It just hasn't worked. But they do like what he brings on special teams. And clearly they've liked him enough on special teams to say, okay, he would get priority over a guy like Hanson, over a guy like Wilson, over a guy like Sewell. So when the 53-man roster came out, that was one of those where I thought, okay, you know, like that, that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Um, but other than that, I wasn't totally surprised with the way things turned out. I know Saints fans were thinking maybe Merritt would get the nod over Traquan Smith, but yeah. I-, I thought from the very jump Traquan would have the edge just because the Saints value his run blocking, and he's been in the system for a while. And honestly – I don't think teams should really complain if Traquan Smith's your wide receiver six. That's that's uh, There's no problem with that there. But overall, the roster kind of turned out the way it did outside of the, you know Bond making the initial 53. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, I greatly appreciate your time, man. Uh, one week from a day, we've got uh, NFL football, so uh, it's upon us, buddy. Thank you so much as always. Can't wait. Thank you so much, Jordy. 
Hi, that's Chris Rose for the glue with us. You know, the wait is almost over. The new football season is about to begin. We get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point, during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply eligibility and terms at draftkings.com slash football terms licensee partner golden nugget lake charles gambling problem call 1-877-770 stop when we return michael huguenin on the news of tom brady on the news of jimmy garoppolo it's a lot of quarterback talk russell wilson we'll get all the nfl action next here on the jordy helper show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for the houston astros and the lsu tigers in southwest louisiana Welcome back. It's time to talk some NFL because one week from today, how about this opener? The Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams to kick off another season of NFL football. And he'll be right in the throes of all of it. Our good friend, the Schwab, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Frank, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good, Jordy. How are you? I'm terrific, but things must be buzzing over there in Denver. Russell Wilson gets a new deal. Um, what what urged that on, you think? You know, this has been I mean, something the Broncos really wanted to do since the trade. They, you know, they invested plenty into Russ. Russ wanted the new deal in Seattle, and it just matched up. I mean, it, it was always going to happen. It was just a matter of when and, uh, you know, how much it was going to be, obviously. And, you know, there's new ownership involved, too. That had to, that, that had to happen first to, to really, you know, go to the next stage of this. And now, you know, I mean, they're, they're committed, as committed could be. Uh, seven more years of Russell Wilson brings us through his age 40 season. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting deal in that, you know, they're expecting him to be good for many, many years. I don't disagree necessarily, but it's it's usually interesting. You know, once quarterbacks hit their, you know, late 30s, it's not guaranteed that they're just going to keep them at Pro Bowl level. So there's some risk involved, but, you know, the, the Broncos just – everybody here is – you can't imagine the excitement. I mean, it's just – people here are so excited for Russell, so excited for this season. I don't think anybody's complaining about this contract today. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Frank Schwab with us. So what does this do? to the quarterback who's representing himself who said that if I don't get a deal done by the season, I'm not talking anymore about it. What's going on with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Yeah, and, you know, it's been – there hasn't been much news about it because basically Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. Let's be honest. A lot of the news that comes out about contract stuff comes from the agents. Well, Lamar's his own agent, so he's not going (laughs) to say anything. And the team obviously has not been saying much. So we don't know where things stand. We don't know how close they are. We don't know if it's going to get done, not done. We don't know what the holdups are. Uh, My guess, and this is obviously just a guess, is that the Ravens are got to be a little worried about how long is Lamar Jackson going to be an elite, elite player? 
He's mm-hmm. great. I, I, there's nothing against him as a player. But he is, if you look up, you know, most rushing attempts in a season for a quarterback, I think he has four of the top six or something like yeah. that. I mean, we've just never seen a guy like this running as much as he does. Now, he doesn't take a ton of punishment, but is he going to age like Cam Newton? You know, where Cam Newton, all of a sudden, he's 30 years old, and he looks like he's 40, in quarter, you know, for most quarterbacks. Is that same thing going to happen with Lamar? And I'm sure Lamar, you know, is looking at all these deals and and feels that, hey, Deshaun Watson got $230 million and it was all guaranteed. That's what I want. I'm better than Deshaun Watson. He hasn't won an MVP. I have. And he's not wrong. But yeah. it's just a very, very complicated issue. And the fact that he is representing himself, I am I would have to guess, doesn't help things here. I mean, Lamar, great. And uh, he's not an agent. He, he hasn't negotiated a nine-figure deal before. That's and that's right. gotta, it's, it's got to make the things just a little more complicated on what was already going to be a very, very complicated issue. No doubt. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Were you surprised with the Jimmy Garoppolo staying in San Francisco? If you had told me anything, I would have said Garoppolo would be gone. Um, but he's not. Yeah, it did surprise me. And honestly, like, I don't really I Look, I get it. I do understand it. Logically, backup quarterback's an important position, and he took a pay cut, all this stuff. You can't help but think that this is pretty much saying we don't know if Trey Lance is ready. It's, it's, it has to be viewed that way. It it can't, they can say whatever they want, but it's impossible for me to sit here and believe this has nothing to do with Trey Lance and, and his kind of up-and-down preseason and maybe an up-and-down camp from things you hear. So I don't like it in that I, I think it, it sets him back. I Look, for everybody out there, you know, and people, I've heard this a lot since then, of, oh, if he's worried by this, he just doesn't have what it takes to be an NFL starting quarterback. That's nonsense to me. He's a... <laughs> A, a normal human being with, yes. and if you're 22 years old trying to make it in your profession, and you have somebody over your shoulder who you know the team likes already, it's just human nature to you're gonna have second thoughts. You're gonna have worries about that. Tom Brady had these thoughts. If you read the book by Steph Wickersham on the Patriots dynasty, I mean, 2008 when Brady went down with the ACL, he had concerns if he'd ever get his job back. That's just the way he's wired. Tom Brady turned out okay. Like I, so, I don't, I don't view this as if Trey Lance is is threatened by this. If it's some negative mark on Trey Lance, it's it's just human nature, and I think that he should feel threatened by this because Kyle Shanahan has won a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback. He knows Jimmy is going to run his offense exactly how he wants to run it, and. Yeah. What if they're one and three? What are I mean, it's I can't imagine Kyle Shanahan's going to be too patient with a team that made the NFC Championship game last year. So I just I, I get it. I understand the logic behind it, but I also think you're really risking ruining the development of a quarterback who you just drafted third overall a year ago. Yeah, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. You mentioned Tom Brady. Um, I got to get your viewpoint on what you saw when he returned, um, what his mannerisms and his attitude reflected. And does this concern you and your thoughts on the legitimacy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it is hard to play, you know, amateur psychologists and sit there and try to read between the lines of what a guy says in a press conference or whatever. But, I think everybody kind of had the same reaction of, wow, that, he just, he, 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 there's some stuff going on, as he said, and it was a very human moment, a very, right. uh, you know, honest moment from Tom Brady. And I, I've had questions kind of all off season, and I've used this line before, Jory, maybe even with you, that once you were, think about, once you start to think about retiring from the NFL, you're mm-hmm. already retired. 
Yeah. And I, it's not always true. That, like, I'm not saying that, that that's 100% accurate or whatever, but you can understand the thought process behind it. These guys, especially a Tom Brady at age 45, need to put everything they have into their NFL careers. I, I mean, it is a hard job. It's a pressure-filled job. It's hard to stay at the top of your profession. And he, he retired for 40 days, and he left for 11 days. And I'm not saying that he's not taking us seriously or whatever, but I do wonder... You know, just from the outside looking in, and it's hard to do mm-hmm. if he regrets coming back. Like, I, he could have just stayed, and Fox gave him $380 million, And if your heart's not completely in being an NFL quarterback, especially at age 45, I just wonder if we're going to see that this year. Yeah, I do have issues with the Buccaneers. Their offensive line's banged up. Chris Godwin might not be back at least 100% for a while. I, I mean, there, there's some there, – I, I still think – honestly, I, I still think they win the division, but I'm a Saints fan by where you are. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit like maybe they're more vulnerable than anybody has let on this offseason because there are certain signs out of there that you just look and you say, this this probably isn't what the Buccaneers wanted out of their offseason. Well, he just looked different. He looked looked like he was defeated. I've never seen that in that guy before. So we'll see. He may bounce back and play the greatest season of his. Who knows? Who knows? Um. Tua Tagovailoa, named captain of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, that's significant. Is that is that the team trying to instill their confidence in him? Um, or do you think he really, really warranted that? I, I, I always take the, the, the suspicious route on those kind of things. Here's a quarterback that, man, we, if he, he's got to play well, and if he does, we got a chance to be good. So let's give him the captainship, build up his confidence. Right, and even if that's the case, if if he didn't, you know, his teammates necessarily, maybe they cooked the books a little bit on the teammate vote and said, <laughs> "Well, we, we just we're going to make two of the captain." I still think it's a smart move because Agreed. you need to be all in. I mean, <laughs> if it doesn't work this year, you're going to move on for quarterback after this year because there's yeah. no excuses left for Tua. I mean, he he has the weapons. The offense line is better. It's not great, but it's better. He has a new coach who's really wants him to succeed, unlike maybe Brian Flores. So there's no excuses for Tua this year. You have to give him every single benefit of the doubt, every single edge he can have, and making him captain and doing that, I think, was it, it, even if it's legit, it's not legit, whatever, it was smart. It was the right thing to do. Give Tua a chance to be great. And if he's not, it, look, it just didn't work out, and you're probably going to be fishing for a new quarterback next year. So, yeah, it's... It was it is definitely interesting, but I think again, it's it's what they had to do. Like no matter what yeah. the actual vote was, and I assume they vote their teammates vote. That's usually way NFL teams work. Right. Even if the vote wasn't exactly, you know, two as our captain, the Dolphins probably just said, yeah, we're we're making two our captain this year because we it's one other brick in the wall that we need to put in his favor so we can figure out once and for all if he's the guy for this job. I think you said it succinctly. They cooked the books. I believe it. Um, the NFL is pretty smart. Uh, their Thursday night opening matchup, Buffalo at the L.A. Rams, their Sunday night primetime game, Tampa Bay at Dallas, and their Monday night matchup is uh, the quarterback that left the team is now at another team, and they play against each other, Denver at Seattle. Of those three games, if Frank Schwab could only watch one, which one intrigues you the most? I mean, it's just got to be Bills Rams. I mean, I'd love to be, yeah. you know, give you a non-obvious answer here, but I mean, I mean, not that my power rankings mean anything, but those are my one and two teams going into the season, okay. and for them to meet 
uh, week one and just so many different storylines of, you know, the Bills are the favorites this year against a Rams team that just won it. And, you know, you got two great quarterbacks and, and Cup and Diggs and, and Donald and you got all these great players in that game. It is just, it's the best opening game I've ever seen. I, I, I'm gonna, I still haven't, I, I kept promising myself I was going to go back and really look and try to think of what was the best matchup the NFL's ever had on opening night. And, uh, you know, maybe it was, I think, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, his, his second year with the Broncos started with against the Ravens, uh, the defending champs. It was actually in Denver because the Orioles had a game. Maybe that was as big, but this is just an incredible game for a Thursday oh, night. I can't wait for it. If you told me this was the Super Bowl in, in five, six months, uh, okay, sign me up because these are yep. two great teams, yep. and it's going to be a really, really fun way to kick off the season. I just can't wait to watch Josh Allen play. I know they lost that yeah. game, but, man, he was some kind of good. One last one. I'll let you get out of here. John Gruden says he wants to get back in coaching, but he's not dismissive of anything uh, that came out in those emails or anything along those lines. Does anybody give him a chance again? I can't even imagine it. I mean, I can't either. Uh, not, not just that, you know, we're talking about everything else so that we all know. John Gruden's not young anymore. I mean, John Gruden's up there in age to the point of this isn't a guy who, you know, I mean, we're we're like, well, he's 42 and, you know, maybe in a few years. I mean, it's kind of the clock was already ticking anyway. So the the Raiders didn't go that well. I just, I'd be shocked. I'd be really, really shocked if he lands again in the NFL. I mean, I've seen weirder things happen, but yeah, (laughs) hard for me to believe. All right, Frank Schwab, one week from the day, man. I, you're going to have to put, your, put a seatbelt on you because it's the Bills and the Rams. Can't wait. Thank you so much, my friend. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Take care. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Yes, the wait is almost over. A new football season's about to begin. Get ready for the week uh, NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 20 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only deposit and wagering restrictions apply eligibility and terms at draftkings.com slash football terms a licensee partner golden nugget lake charles gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP hump day plus one with huguenin college football picks next Uh-oh. do you know what day it is huh? anybody It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, because the Astros preempted us yesterday, it's hump day plus one. Michael Huguenin on 3.com. Good afternoon, my friend. We've got football tonight, baby. How about that? 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and two really good games. Uh, Pitt, West Virginia, the backyard brawl should yep. be quite interesting, especially considering it's two former USC quarterbacks going at it. And Penn State, Purdue, um, a really interesting pack, I'm sorry, Big Ten opener. Um, if you're James Franklin, the idea that you're opening your season with a conference game is annoying. Truly yeah. annoying, though, is opening your season on the road against the conference opponent. So, and then yeah. good games tomorrow, some great games Saturday, yeah. a big game Sunday, and then an, unfortunately a dog of a game Monday night to close the weekend out. But yeah, it's, you know, week zero had some interesting results. But yeah, now we're here week one, and this is going to be a good week. Before we get to those games, um, the College Football Playoffs Board of Managers will hold a virtual meeting tomorrow that could accelerate playoff expansion as early as 2024 if the 11 presidents and chancellors who comprise the sports, really the most powerful group, vote on a format and unanimously agree to it. It seems like it's trending in that direction. Yeah, but it seemed like, you know... Last year, oh, okay, we're going to have a 12-team playoff sooner rather than later. And no, no, we're not going to have one. But I think the bottom line, is, it's the same bottom line. And the bottom line is the bottom line because the money is enormous with an expanded yeah. playoff. Um, now that the, the conference expansion has come up and still still got ideas floating around out there about how everything's going to end up uh, looking when all is said and done. But, yeah, I mean, this it's it, it, there is a little bit of intrigue. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff on the field, obviously, this weekend, but that's certainly a very intriguing off-field story as well because I, I, I cannot fathom them waiting until 2027 yeah. to have an expanded right. playoff. All right, I'm with you. Uh, let, let, let's talk about some games tonight. You mentioned the, the backyard brawl uh, between West Virginia and Pitt. People, you, you have to be in that environment to understand the animosity there. It's the city city guys from Pitt against the, the country boys from West Virginia. Who do you like in that one? Pitt's the 17th-ranked team in the country. Yeah, the, the campuses are 76 miles apart. That's it. And wow. you, know, you could you could easily drive to see your friend at the other school. It's not that big a deal. So um, Pitt, obviously, a vastly different team than last year um, with, with Kenny Pickett gone. West Virginia, they're hoping that JT Daniels gives their passing attack some added oomph. They brought in Graham Harrell as the offensive coordinator. Um, Pitt is going to be a more run-oriented team this year. They have a good offensive line. They have a great defensive line um i think pitt wins another reason west virginia uses a a five-man secondary all five starters are new so i think pitt can have some success when they do throw the ball and i think jt daniels is going to be feeling a ton of heat in the pocket from that pitt defensive front it may be not on the national radar but i think a sneaky good game is in the sec louisiana tech at missouri louisiana tech's usually a pretty good team what do you think no i think i think missouri is more talented i'm i'm the one thing about mizzou they're, they're counting on some transfer running backs because tyler Badee uh is gone who was basically their entire offense last year connor bays like the quarterback's gone um defensively they were atrocious last year. I think they'll be a little bit better this year. I think Missouri wins this game by, by two touchdowns. But okay. it is interesting. La Tech obviously has the new coach, Sonny Cumbie, um, changing things around. 
Um, right. I think Skip Holtz did a fine job while he was there, but I also think he got a little stale there at the end. But mm-hmm. no, I think I think Missouri won by at least fourteen points. Uh, the other game, neither team is ranked, but it's a it's a conference matchup: Penn State at Purdue. Yeah, I think Penn State by the end of the year will be ranked. Purdue ended last season ranked. They got a really good quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Um, if you haven't seen this, this kid, he's a former walk-on. Man, he fires the ball all over the place. This is a fun hmm. offense to watch. Um, Penn State, their offensive line has been pitiful, frankly, the last two years. I know LSU fans are like, don't tell me about pitiful offensive line. LSU's offensive line last year was the Washington Redskin Hogs compared to what Penn State was. So there's been a lot of talk about, okay, they brought in some transfers, they brought in some freshmen. Okay, it's going to be a remade offensive line. We'll see. Penn State's got a great receiving core. they got a good quarterback. Uh, the best freshman running back in the country, Nick Singleton, a really good defense. But if you if your offensive line can't pass block or run block, you can't move the ball, and that's the issue with Penn State the last two years. A lot of pressure on Franklin, even though he signed a long term extension, he which sure raised did. a lot of eyebrows in in the college football world. But I, I think Penn State wins in a very close game. Purdue is a well coached team with a really good quarterback. Um, they know who they are. And okay. I think Penn State's still trying to figure that kind of thing out just because their offensive line has been so pitiful the last two years. We want to be a team that runs the ball, but we can't. So it's we'll gotta, see if that has changed at all this year. It's got to be game week. I note the enthusiasm in Mike's voice. Yes. I, I love it. Yes. Um, let's go to Saturday. Some games that intrigue me. Your thoughts. Number 23, Cincinnati at number 19, Arkansas. Yeah, Cincinnati lost all its offensive skill guys. New, they're yep. going to have a new go-to receiver, new quarterback, new running back. But all five starting offensive linemen are back. And three of those five were first-team all-AAC all members, and they went to the playoff last year. Now, they weren't Alabama good or Georgia good, but neither was anybody else. So, you know, you got five starters back off that offensive line. That is a gigantic positive. makes things a lot easier for all those new skill guys. The Cincinnati secondary – ravaged by graduation. There was a, we had a bunch of studs are all in the NFL now. Then you look at Arkansas, okay, K.J. Jefferson's back. He's really good. Who's his go-to receiver? Their receiving core last year was not good except for one guy, and that one mm-hmm. guy was Traylon Burks, who's now gone. Um, their leading returning rusher transferred to UTSA, leading returning running back rusher transferred to UTSA. So they got, they got some new things to figure out. I think Arkansas is better top to bottom. Uh, they need a big game from Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer at linebacker. But this is easily one of the ten best games of the weekend, probably one of the five best games of the weekend. I, I think Arkansas wins, but uh, I am interested in seeing what the Arkansas passing attack looks like without Traylon Burks. Do you consider number 11 Oregon uh, traveling to Atlanta to take on third-ranked Georgia, one of the top five or ten games of the weekend? I think it's top ten. I don't think it's top five. I cannot see Oregon winning this game. I know Georgia lost a ton of guys off that defense. I don't think they're too worried about it, frankly. And I let's get serious. I don't think that Kirby Smart and all those defensive coaches are going, oh, my God, we got to go against Bo Nix. I think it's more like, oh, good, we get to go against Bo Nix again. Um, you know, maybe the, the, the new surroundings help Nix be a little bit more consistent. But, you know, Oregon's another team. New quarterback, new go-to receiver. 
new running back. They do have all their offensive linemen back, so that's a positive. But um, this is yeah, it's it, this is essentially a Georgia home game. There's going to be ninety to ninety five percent Georgia fans. Um, Stetson Bennett will start his season opener for the first time, which is interesting. Right. But I, I think Georgia's is too good top to bottom. I think I think Oregon starting twenty two is good. I think their depth falls off. And yes, I know Oregon went to Ohio State and won last year early in the season. Uh, they ain't going to Atlanta and winning though. Number one game of the weekend, number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State. I think Ohio State drums them. You tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think that spread 17 and a half. Uh, That seems about right. I know Ohio State lost two first-round wide receivers. I think their offense is going to be better. Um, I love C.J. Stroud. Travion Henderson's a stud. Smith, the jig bit wide receiver, is if he's not the best receiver, Tim Addison and Kayshawn Boutte for the top. Um, their offensive line's got two potential first-rounders on it. And defensively, they will be better. Jim Knowles, uh, the new defensive coordinator, knows what he's doing. And he'll be doing it against the Notre Dame offense that has a new quarterback, a new go-to mm-hmm. receiver, and a new mm-hmm. future back. So the Notre Dame's offensive front is really good. Their defensive line's got some pass rushers. Their secondary returns three starters, plus adds Brandon Joseph from the portal. Brandon Joseph was one of the best players available in the portal, but Ohio State ain't losing this game. Again, I know Ohio State lost at home to Oregon earlier last year. They ain't losing to Notre Dame. The interesting thing about this, obviously, Marcus Freeman's first regular season game is Notre Dame's coach, and it comes at his alma mater. Right. We did a story on Freeman earlier this year. His dad was a longtime Ohio State season ticket holder. And we wow. asked him if his dad was giving up his tickets, and he's like, hell no, he's not giving up his tickets. He's a butt guy, <laughs> except for one week in the year. So um, th- th- I, I agree. I think there's a lot of, oh, my God, it's two glamorous programs, no question. To me, Ohio State's a lot better than, than think, Notre Dame. Yeah, I think, that, I think they drum them. Uh, we don't ever rehearse this stuff. It just amazes me. I throw a name out there, a team out there, and Mike rattles off starters, look, who, the people they lost. It's, it's unbelievable. Let, let's come close to home. Um, the Raging Cajuns in Lafayette take on southeastern Louisiana. Uh, the Lions lost their uh, – Cole Kelly, their big-time quarterback. Um UL wins this handily, or Southeastern's pretty good. Well coached. Well, yeah, but I, I think if you're, I think if you're a raging Cajun fan, this game, okay, Napier's gone. Okay, Levi Lewis is gone. Yeah. Okay, our running back group is different this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are we going to look like with all these new guys? Our best offensive linemen is gone. Our two best offensive linemen are gone. So what are we going to look like with DeSormo as the coach now? And you know, there's there's some intrigue. I don't think there's intrigue into who wins the game. I think the intrigue comes in how different do the Raging Cajuns look? Do they win by double digits like I think they should? Okay. Uh, it's just, it would be, it's always interesting with a new coach to see how things look and, oh, they're doing this differently, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's the intrigue in this game. I think, again, I think ULL is the third best team in the Sun Belt this year. I think App State's better. I think Coastal's better. I think yeah. ULL is third best, and I think there's a gulf between everybody else. So okay. I think the thing, if I'm a Raging Cajun fan, I want to see a confident team uh, and not a team that looks like, oh, we lost our coach, we're in trouble here. I don't think they're in trouble at all. Yeah. But it will be Mike mentioned the dog of a close of week one, Clemson at Georgia Tech, number four Clemson will oh. roll. So what do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah. 
Florida State at LSU. Both teams unranked, um, but it's in the Superdome. Is that one of your top 10 team matchups? And how do you feel about it? Yeah, I I think it is top 10 matchup. You know, FSU did what it's supposed to last week. They blew out an outmanned opponent. Um, And they didn't really have to use Jordan Travis's legs to do so. I think Mm -hmm. Jordan Travis's running ability is, is. extremely important on Sunday night. But the, it, the weird thing to me is, you know, after the last two years where LSU's defensive front was was quite spotty, I don't think it's going to be spotty this year. I think Mason Smith is going to burst on the national scene and have a monster sophomore season. Mm-hmm. I think Roy next to him is pretty good. Ozulari and Allie Gay can bring the heat off the edge. Yep. I think the linebackers are going to be good enough. The secondary, I don't know about the secondary. All I think right. there's talent there, but it's, you know, all these new dudes, they got to yep. sort of gel quickly. But if I don't think FSU's passing attack is all that. So if LSU's defensive front does what it's, I think it can do, the defense will do what it needs to win the game. Um, offensively, I think there's a lot more questions about LSU's offense. Yes. Um, without you know, the running game, is LSU going to be able to effectively run? Thing is, mm-hmm. I think they will be able to throw the ball on FSU. I don't think much of FSU secondary, but uh, it's weird. This is FSU wants to run, and LSU has to show that it can run. I think yeah. that's what brings some of the intrigue to this one. LSU's favored by three. Who wins it? Uh, I think LSU wins by a touchdown. Um, okay. I, I think LSU is is better. Um, okay. No, LSU's depth isn't where it wants to, whether where they want it to be. Well, let's get serious here. Neither is FSU's. So um, I, I think LSU, again, I think if they get – you can beat FSU through the air. So I, I'm interested in seeing how Denbrock and Kelly attack FSU's defense early. I think they can hit some big plays in the passing game uh, and get off to a, a, a quite a rousing start. We've got to do two segments next week. I, I don't have enough time. We got to we got to run. Enjoy week one of college football, Mike. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Blue Tune in next week to the Jordy Holberg Show for Hump Day with Huguenin here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook and an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 20 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issues as free bets. One early win token issued at in money line bets only deposit wagering restrictions apply eligibility in terms at draftkings.com slash football teams um uh, licensee partner golden nugget lake charles gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP special thanks carter corrells of the seminoles robbie rhodes of the lions chris rose from blue on the saints frank schwab on the nfl mike huguenin on college football come on back tomorrow same time two to four same great stations 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles uh a Football Friday edition. James, thank you. Uh, Until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. So long, everybody.